This episode may contain strong language, nudity, and dated pop culture references. Parental discretion is advised. From the audio hatch inside Meltdown Comics, it's Two Packs with me, Jeffrey Golden. Welcome to Two Packs, a trading card comedy show where I open up packs of weird, retro, soapy trading cards with a funny friend. And this week, I'm joined by a writer for DreamWorks, Cartoon Network, The Nerdist, and Maker Studios, ladies and gentlemen, comedian Joey Clift. What? What? Hello, Joey. Yeah, how's it going, man? Going great. How about yourself? Uh, doing real good. Excited to crack open these packs. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm always down to crack a pack. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. Classic. The crack packing man. Yeah, Jeffrey that's Golden, the crack pack. That's the crack your, pack. Yeah, that's, that's what you call your friends. <laughs> that's what they call We all have like different trade, like ways of opening up trading cards, yeah, like, yeah. Stuff, like based on our personalities. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sort of the brainy one, so I yeah. like to open them, you know, using a protractor. And one of them is just a horrible Crystal meth addict. He's the misdirect. No, like Jerry. When it's the wrong crack. <laughs> that guy, Jerry. Get, yeah, your, get life your life together. together. You're writing for DreamWorks. You're writing for Shrek and Donkey now yeah. on the internet. Yeah. What the hell's that like? That's got to be crazy. Shrek is everywhere. Oh yeah, it's super fun. Earlier this year, I wrote for it was a web series for Shrek and Donkey where they host a morning show. It's sort of like <laughs> their Good Morning America that they host within Shrek's cabin or whatever. It's great, because there is TV in that universe, right? Because isn't the second one about an entertainment industry within the Shrek world. I mean, there's that was actually something that we bumped into a lot in the writer's room, is what technology exists in Shrek's universe. Right. So they don't have TV, but they have the magic mirror. Oh, like, I see. Like, it's sort right. of that. There's definitely a wiggle room. You can't send a letter, but you can send a scroll. <laughs> what was the challenge you found writing for these characters who have been in the pop consciousness for, has it been 15 years, 20 years? Yeah, 2002 or something. 2002. Um, like oh, my, my we're big... old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah God. <laughs> this was that was when I was forty years old. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm turned to dust. <laughs> so the biggest challenge for me is that I'd never seen a Shrek movie Great. until three weeks after I started the show. <laughs> Classic comedy writer preparation. <laughs> yeah, I watched one I or two a, trailers. Now, so typically somebody might, you know, okay, you've never seen the Shrek movies before, but maybe you've watched them before you start working. Why watch them three weeks after you start working at the job? It seems to me at that point, you faked it for three weeks. Why not just keep it going? I think that <laughs> I definitely hit a point where I could only fake it so far. <laughs> We're also running, I think it's, it's going, but a Shrek for President campaign, where it's sort of like a social media campaign to figure out who within Far, Far Away is going to be elected president of Far, Far Away or whatever. Right. And uh, every morning we would have a pitch meeting on it. And I definitely went back to the same one or two specifics of, uh, what if Pinocchio's nose grew? Ah, uh, great. And uh, someone in the room gave you a dirty glance. You're not doing your homework. <laughs> Joey hasn't seen these movies. He's yeah. not coming up with enough specifics for the gingerbread man. Yeah, and then after I saw the first one, I was insanely prepared. Came in with so many Duloc specifics. Just blew people's minds. Uh, 
It's like a whole new Joey entered the room. Who is this guy who knows so much about Shrek? <laughs> yeah, who's this guy who knows what Shrek's name is? Who <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, knows the name of Yeah, I felt really prepared the first writers meeting after I watched the first Shrek movie. It was just like, you know, actually, if we want to call back to scene three of the first Shrek movie when there, there's a, uh, an angry mob that comes in, we could like, repurpose that, turn that into like a protest or something. And everybody was, oh, wow, Joey really knows a lot about Shrek. <laughs> He's a real shrek expert, as yeah. we like to call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should start calling yourself shrek expert. Shrek <laughs> Expert in the crack pack. <laughs> expert in the crack pack. <laughs> well, let's crack them up here. The theme of today's show are ABC soaps daytime and nighttime. What? I know. So we have Lost Season 2 premium trading cards from Inksworth 2006 and the soaps of ABC featuring all my children trading cards. And these are from Star Picks trading <laughs> so, cards. Oh, wow. Star Picks. I know. 1991. Star Picks, one of the great companies who makes trading cards. Oh, yeah, there's Tops. There's the other one. Yeah, and Upper Deck. Star and there's, <laughs> there's definitely Star Picks. Uh, yeah. They're right up there. Guest always gets to decide which one would you like to open. I want to see the All My Children one more. But I want that to be my treat after muscling through the Lost Cards. Interesting. So let's go through the Lost Cards. Cool. So I'm going to open these ones. All, right, all my it. children. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we'll start in the daytime, appropriately enough. These are the soaps of ABC featuring all my children. I'm trying to remember what some of the other soaps of ABC are. I guess we're going to I mean, find out. Not, General Hospital? Yeah, General Hospital. Is that ABC? I mean, Blind Guess, sure. Did you ever watch soap operas? I haven't seen many soap operas in my life, I can't say. Just mostly little clips or parodies, obviously. You know? Yeah. I feel like growing up, I would watch a lot of soaps. If I'd be homesick from school or whatever, it was sort of the only thing on. Right. My sickness watch was The Price is Right. Yeah, The Price is Right was good. I'm going to sit down and watch The Price is Right and vomit and then come back and watch a little bit more Bob Barker in The Price is Right. Okay, so I grew up kind of around the era when Sailor Moon just started being aired on television. Oh, cool. And I remember basically they would start airing new episodes of Sailor Moon immediately after my school bus left in the morning. So I think that there was one day that I was homesick from school around when they first started airing it. That became sort of my, I would fake sickness just so I could watch Sailor Moon. (laughs) You got to keep up with Umaga and her friends. Yeah, yeah. I would like to point out how very 80s-y looking the photos of these people are. It's a lot of ladies with big hair. Do you have a card of a person of color in any of these? Um, I do not appear to have a person uh, of color. Okay, does fake tan count? <laughs> yes. And then, oh, man, it does, all of them. It, because in the 90s, that yeah, did legally count for diversity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have one here. This is Jeremy and Erica. So on the outside, we have the border, and the border is pink. I think there's some light blue ones, but they mostly seem to be pink with little bubbles. So these are the soap bubbles presumably. Yeah. Oh, that's very good and on theme. Like, <laughs> I know, I like that. Yeah. So I see this is all my children because it says in a little bubble, this is all my children. And this is Jeremy and Erica. And Erica, I'm guessing, is a well-to-do society-type woman who has her finely manicured with red nail posh hands on Jeremy, who's about a head taller than her, who's this sort of, I guess, older, dashing man wearing a tuxedo. It's very romantic. They're a very romantic couple. And let's see what it says about them here. 
On the day they were to be married, after a tempestuous two-year love affair, a helicopter carried Erica Kane out of Jeremy Hunter's life forever. Jeremy was in jail for being falsely accused of murdering Earl Foster, Erica's brother Mark's cocaine dealer. Unbeknownst to the groom-to-be, Erica had sold all of her assets and planned to airlift him out of prison into a happily ever after life in hiding. There's so much that just happened in that several sentences. And can I tell you something? I truncated it. That's like a third of the text that's on the back of this card. There is so much plot. I mean, it's insane. that literally, if you take any one of those sentences... That could be the entire premise of a good action movie. Yeah. A wedding getting broken up because of a cocaine addiction. Somebody planning a helicopter airlift escape <laughs> from like a jail. I feel like if you wrote for one of these soap operas, you had the coolest job. <laughs> I know, because your characters could do basically yeah, anything. It's just, there's no world logic. Like, <laughs> right. It's... I don't know. Somebody could just become president one season and it's fine. <laughs> Congratulations, President Erica Foster. Yeah, yeah. Like... Or should I say President Eric Foster. <laughs> Takes off the wig. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your first question? Card there. Okay, so my first card says on the front, Adam and Dixie, and it similarly features a woman wearing a wedding dress with very big hair with her hand lovingly on the chest of an older Southern man. <laughs> Great. Uh, I can start to sense a pattern. Yeah, here. yeah. They're looking in each other's eyes very lovingly. They should call these cards chest handers. <laughs> it's yeah. the chest handers. Yeah, like, oh, you got a chest hander? <laughs> like it's like a CH1 or something. <laughs> like, oh, you got CH5? Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, they're looking in each other's eyes very lovingly. Similarly, there's a pink border, a bunch of soap bubbles. Looks like a real cute couple. That's sort of what that looks like. Oh, Um, yeah. I assume that the man's name is Adam and the woman's name is Dixie, but because of the way the card is spaced, I'm definitely going to assume the other, the opposite of that. That'd be great. Yeah, Adam is under the woman's name and Dixie's under the man's name. She's whistling Dixie yeah. for him. What? Uh, record scratch. <laughs> <laughs> On the back of the card, I'm just going to give the two-sentence version of this. Somebody should have stopped her. Everybody tried, but poor, naive Dixie Cooney married the oh-so-sweet-talking Adam Chandler anyway. He said he loved her, and she was carrying his baby, but the marriage was doomed. Adam didn't want Dixie. He only wanted his son to be Adam Jr. Then the baby was kidnapped, apparently, in something about ransom. But oh, I don't know. That's God. not important. Well, listen, don't let anyone get in the way of your love. I think that's yeah. what I learned from that trading card. I feel like know? this show, and really soaps as a whole, that's the running theme, is if you got to hairlift somebody out of a jail to show your love, you just do it. Just get that shit done, just dummy. Like... <laughs> Live your best life. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take a look at Phoebe Wallingford from All My Children. Phoebe is, you know, an older lady. I'm guessing middle-aged, 50s, maybe 60s. She has a very fancy brooch, and she's wearing... Cloak? A cloak. Like yeah, a that's wizard's good. cloak. Basically, a, like a fancy Jedi robe with the long gloves. And she has this expression on her face where she's clearly saying, ah. yeah, She looks really like pleased with herself in that picture. In High of, society. Like on the back of the card, if it was revealed that she really was a Jedi, I just, sure. Sure, why not? <laughs> Phoebe Wallingford takes out her lifesaver. Character, Phoebe English, Tyler. 
Wallingford. Matthews Wallingford. Oh, God, is that her full name? I get cool. it. Oh, shit. Okay, she may have married once or twice. Uh, there was definitely a point where a writer wrote that in the script, and then everybody was like, that's a dumb name. And the writer was like, no, it's okay, we'll change it later. And then when it came to the shoot date, they were like, oh, damn it. I guess we're going with this. It's too <laughs> yeah. late to change it. Leave it to socialite Phoebe Wallingford to butt in where she's not wanted. As Pine Valley's queen busybody, Phoebe drove her first husband, Charles, into the arms of his loving secretary, Mona Kane. What? Erica's mother. Her next husband posed as a professor and called herself Langley Wallingford for years before she learned that his real name was Lenny Woolusk. I don't think anybody... An artist acquaintance of Myrtle Fargate. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much to unpack. One thing is, like, how do you drive somebody into the arms of somebody else, which I think is an interesting thing. I mean, thing. With, the, I think, with a car, of course. Oh, yeah, she literally <laughs> is like, all right, I'm dropping you off here at your secretary's house. Yeah. Here you go. There she is, pushes into. <laughs> but some of these names are amazing. Myrtle Fargate. Yeah. Cool. Just the first thing I thought of, it's like a science fiction nerd. It's like a cross between Stargate and Farscape. <laughs> She's the link between those two universes. Yeah, the guy who wrote that was definitely, I wish I was writing for TNG. <laughs> oh man, this Myrtle is the keeper of the far gate. Like, he has his own secret backstory to that character that he doesn't <laughs> tell anybody. What's your last card here? Okay, my last card is a trivia card. Great. There's a lot of information that I'm about to read. Oh shit. Oh, is the front is the, the answer? I think the front's the answer is it's white with a pink border. With some little purple guys, some like designs at the bottom. It says ABC in big letters because that's the huh. network this is on. You ask me the trivia question. I'll, I'll see if I can answer them Yeah, correctly. I'll ask the trivia question. I'll give you the A through F answers. Okay, great. And then you guess one of them. And then if you win, I'll give you a dollar. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I'll give you the rest of these cards. <laughs> no, um, I want the dollar. <laughs> the dollar is okay. far more valuable than these trading cards. That's fair. I also have mostly all my children cards. I know. One general hospital. Oh, so general hospital was... Yeah, uh, so that's That's where we learn this. Okay, so starting this question. Ever since their Pine Valley High School days with Jerry Gardner and Greg Nelson, Angie Baxter and Jesse Hubbard have more than their share of dramatic ups and downs. Absolutely. While Angie was sweet and studious, Jesse was street smart with a weighty chip on his shoulder due to a very tough childhood. However, over the years, they worked things out. Thank God. Again and again. That's a sign of you should get out of the relationship if you keep having to. It's not a healthy relationship, guys. (laughs) One of the biggest threats to Jesse and Angie's marriage was the reappearance of a pregnant Yvonne, Jesse's ex-mistress, on their domestic doorstep. Down and out, she had nowhere to run except to the Hubbards. Uh Uh-oh. After giving birth, Yvonne changed her mind about selling her son, Derek, to a guy named Otis. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wait, hold on a second. That's crazy even for a soap opera. She was going to sell her son? To a dude named Otis. I like that his name is Otis. I'm just imagining he's got a van that has spray paints the word Otis on it. Yeah, he was like, kids for gold. Kids for gold. Uh, There's more. Otis, who was working for Mr. Big. Mr. Big just also happened to be Angie's deceptive dad, Les Baxter. So wait, I want to go back a second. Did she say she had regrets selling him? Or was she having regrets about 
potentially selling. Was this child sold or not? Okay, so. Because <laughs> listen, I'll give her this. Every parent has thought about selling their children at some point or another. Oh, yeah. You always have that yeah, thought. Yeah, the Simpsons know? boy for sale thing. You right. Know, yeah. So it says she changed her mind about selling her son, Derek, to a guy named Otis. She changed her mind about doing it. Yeah. Okay, so she was gonna. She was getting the paperwork ready. She was like, Otis, pack your Ghostbusters toys. Yeah. Going with your new dad's Otis. Otis <laughs> uh, and Mr. Big. <laughs> Mr. Big. And then was like, hold on, I better put the brakes on this. Yeah, just like, wait a second, wait a second. There's a couple things wrong with this. Yeah. <laughs> wait, okay. what is the trivia question? <laughs> or is this the longest lead up to a trivia question ever? <laughs> First, I'm going to tell you, all of the information we just got yes. does not aid in answering the trivia question at all. Okay, thank God. The trivia question. What was the name of Yvonne's earlier place of employment? Okay. A, Panache. B, The Blue Note. C, Rendezvous, but still spelled R-O-N-D-A-Y-V-O-O. The D, worst way you could spell that. Yeah. D, Le Chateau. E, McKay's. And F, for Foxy's. <laughs> Which one do you think it is? Ooh, I'm going to guess... You know, uh, it's not Rendezvous. I wanted to be wanted Rendezvous. To be so badly. I wanted to be Rendezvous so bad, but that's clearly something they threw in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly like, oh, we need six answers. Yeah. I don't know why. I'll say panache, A. Eh? Okay, if you said panache, you are wrong. It's the Blue Note. The Blue Note. Oh, the jazz lady here. Yeah. Once again, I didn't even know that she had a job in the <laughs> right. card. That's terrific. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more mysteries coming up in the second half because we're going to the island. What? We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are now getting ready to open up Lost Lost. Trading Cards, Season 2, the best season of Lost, the one everybody liked the best. (laughs) I don't believe that's true. Why don't you kick us off there, Joey, see what we got. Okay, while I'm doing this, does the Crack Pack have a theme song, and if so, can you sing it? Yeah, let's sing the Crack Pack song. You ready? Yeah. Crack Pack, Crack Pack, look at him go. Crack Pack, Crack Pack, trading card show. Crack Pack, Crack Pack, here we go. Crack Pack, Crack Pack, Crack Pack. Cracking them packs. At this point that I should say I've never seen an episode of Lost. Right. So all this makes so much sense to me. I saw Lost. I have seen all of Lost, and apparently did not remember a lot of things about Lost that are not coming back to me as I look at these trading cards. Oh, Why don't you kick us off with something here? Okay, so it says in the corner, orange dot 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 and found. <laughs> well, yeah. is, that's not a joke. It says, uh, yeah. It's just uh, something is orange and it is found. I'm not sure who these characters are, but it's got a dude in kind of a white button-up shirt. Oh, lady. they're a couple in the show. Oh, like a lady in a floral dress. They're a couple. Is one of them named Orange? No. Oh, okay, great. But they're together uh, on the show. There's water behind them. I don't think they're in the water. I think they're standing on like a balcony, kind of like overlooking the water. Right. It looks like a cross between a romantic scene and a tense scene. A scene where I'm going to say he confronted her about something. Right. That's just sort of a blind guess based on body language. It looks like his shoulders are sort of slumped. There's no such thing as a not tense relationship on Lost. Okay, there, got it. The stress of being on that island definitely factors into relationships. It's not a vacation island. It's not like going to Maui. This is a very tense island where a lot of crazy shit happens. Okay, so what island would it be like going to? Well, it would be like going to Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, man. 
No, it's Bad Islands. What's it say on the back Okay, here? to really echo the front, the back of it also says dot, 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 and found. Then it says orange in big letters. They got really lazy with the design on this. The back is just the front picture. Over again. Again, for the top half of it. It's like getting a duplicate in one card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really stupid. Like somebody was, oh, Lost is a big show. We should have Lost trading cards. And then they forgot that they said that. And then it was like the week before they were due. Oh, God. Like, oh, God, we said, yes, these lost trading cards. We said they'd be out for the premiere. Yeah, oh, there's shit. a WGA strike. There's nobody. PA, could you put these together real quick? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, so on the back it says, orange, once again in big letters, son loses her wedding ring and panics. Locke says that lost things turn up when one stops looking. Kate weeps about Sawyer, and son finds her ring. Across the island, Jin recalls meeting Sun, running into her while looking at a woman dressed in orange. None of that makes sense. No, it's the worst children's book. (laughs) It's like, she lost her ring. Locke says it's bad. <laughs> Kate yeah. cries. Also, the I feel end. Like the name of the show is Lost. When it says Locke says that lost things turn up when no one stops looking, that really should have been bolded in the Lost show font. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's like it should have had like, subtext highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one here. It's Mr. Echo, Richard Malkin, and Claire, and it's interwoven lives. So it's pictures of those three characters of Mr. Echo looking upset, Richard Malkin looking upset. Great question. It's E-K-O. It's not like he's constantly in caves. It's like like Mr. Echo. Echo, Echo. And then Claire. They're all three looking upset, but not at each other. I mean, for a card that says interwoven lives, these pictures couldn't look like they're in more different scenarios. So He's riding a ski-doo. She's like on fire. And then the third guy's like a skeleton. (laughs) Exactly. And it's the same exact pictures on the back. Great. In Australia, Mr. Echo meets Richard Malkin, a psychic who admits he's a fraud. Malkin sent Claire to Los Angeles on flight 815 to give up her baby. Oh, hey, another one about giving up a baby, selling a kid. Yeah, I feel like him and Yvonne from uh, All My Children, I feel like they'd probably get along pretty well. Yeah. You were talking earlier that maybe the Lost Universe and the All My Children universe might link up in some ways. I think this might be one of those ways. Child trading might be happening between the two universes. Before we started recording, my pitch was that we just mix up all the cards and try to create a narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff said no. Because I didn't think it would work, and I still... Stand by my idea. I mean, I feel like Lost as a show didn't work, though, right? It depends on who you ask. (laughs) Personally, I like Lost, but I can understand people's complaints that a lot of the loose ends did not tie up as neatly (laughs) as they wanted them to. (laughs) That being said, I enjoyed it. Certainly invested in it, you know, when it was on. I couldn't wait to watch the next Lost. I never watched it, but I definitely was aware of it culturally. I had a lot of friends that were really into it, and it seemed like an interesting show. Ultimately, what I ended up doing, what I do with all good shows, is I just rammed through the Wikipedia a plot synopsis in five minutes and was like, oh, now I understand why Breaking Bad's good. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Listen, if you're not going to watch it, you at least might as well know what happens. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Party, somebody, you know. And then there's a bit of dialogue on the back from Malkin. I make my living as a psychic. You see, that's what I do. Every day I meet people looking for a miracle, desperate to find one, but there are none to be had. None in this world, anyway. <laughs> God, this dialogue sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they're picking some choice clips yeah, here. This is, they, they went through the script and they're like, what's the best dialogue we got? The PA was like, there just isn't any good dialogue. <laughs> what's your next card there? Okay, so my next card says on the front, victim 
Two for the road. It's got a dude that looks really distressed. He's holding a gun, I think. You yeah. can tell at the bottom of the card he's holding a gun. I don't remember any of the characters' names. It looks That's like... That's what I'm having trouble with, but it's going to tell you on the back. It doesn't look like he's in a cave, but it definitely looks like he's in... He's probably in the hatch. Yeah, that, that looks, sounds about right. This looks like we're in, uh, in the underground hatch, where you're supposed to put the sequence of numbers on a computer, or else the island will explode. Yeah, the island, one of its main faults, it was packed with dynamite. Packed with dynamite. Get that island. Dynamite. Very stressful island. Yeah, yeah. Once again, the back of the card has the exact same thing as the front yeah, of the card. I hate that. Yeah, that's just, if you look at all of them, they're like that. Yeah, and then on the side, it says two for the road in text again. That's apparently valuable information. And then it says victim underlined again. <laughs> And then Michael says he can find the others. Others capitalized. Hurley plans a romantic picnic with Libby. Anna Lucia tries to shoot Henry, but can't do it. When Michael finds her in the hatch, he offers to help, but instead kills Anna Lucia and frees Henry. When Libby stumbles on the scene, he shoots her than himself. Yeah, again, it's just like so sparse and free of the All My Children cards. The plots sound a lot more interesting, even though what's happening was probably pretty exciting. But the way they describe it, just then he picked up a gun and then he shot the gun and then a guy cried. And then this. It feels like a list. Literally two lines that are next to each other. Hurley plans a romantic picnic with Libby. Anna Lucia tries to shoot Henry, but can't do it. And again, like a lot of those things are not visually depicted on the card. You could have used the back of the card to show Hurley planning a picnic. That would have been great. That would have been great. I love Hurley. Hurley's great. I've got one more lost season two card here. This is pretty sucky. This one is called Black Horse, What Kate Did. We see Kate, but we only see her in a very blurry semi-profile. We basically see the back of her head. And we see a picture of a horse. It's a black horse. That card sucks. There's this horse. That horse important. Of all the freaking animals, like a polar bear would have been a great Lost card to get. Yeah, like I've never seen Lost. I would get that. And on the back it says, Black Horse. (laughs) While Sawyer is in a fevered trance, he announces he loves Kate. Shocking Jack. Meanwhile, Kate sees a familiar black horse in the middle of the jungle. She returns to the hatch to nurse Sawyer, who, accusing her of trying to kill him, throttles her. Breaking free, Kate runs away. Again, within this paragraph, there are things described that are a lot more interesting than the black horse. It would have been nice to see Jack and Kate together, you know, with Sawyer throttling Kate. That would have been a lot more interesting. Really, looking at these cards, I feel like with the All My Children cards, there was some effort just in design in trying to make it, I think, interesting for fans. Whereas the Lost cards, it really feels like it was just, oh, I can't believe we said yes to this. Oh, it's doing a week. Who could get on this? Uh, Does anybody in this room know Photoshop? Just, I know. Yeah, like if so you, have, like, you have one hour, let's cram out 40 cards Let's or whatever. cram out these cards. Yeah. Got to get them out to the people. Shifting gears, you have a new podcast that you've just launched. Yeah. That is pretty hilarious. Can you tell us about 25 Minutes of Silence? Okay, so I host a podcast called 25 Minutes of Silence. The premise in it is that a guest and I just sit in silence for 25 minutes. <laughs> My wife Amanda and I are going to be a guest <laughs> on an upcoming episode. We're very excited to do it. Yeah, it's honestly, it's a really relaxing and fun show. I always tell guests, if you want to read a book or apply to emails in that time, go for <laughs> it. Like I had uh, Maddox, a very funny uh, internet comedy writer, on it recently, and he worked on his novel. I had Deanna Reason over on it. She writes for the new I Love Dick, Jill Solo show on Amazon. We like did a puzzle in that time. 
<laughs> and Chris Ballou, the lead singer of the band The Presidents of the United States of America on it, and he packaged CDs and meditated. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. I understand that you've brought a clip from an upcoming episode of uh, 25 Minutes of Silence to share with us today. Yep, this is a clip of 25 Minutes of Silence. Uh, this is me with President Barack Obama. Yeah, yo, congratulations on this. You landed an amazing interview. Oh, here. yeah. Let's, let's go to a clip. Yeah, let's go to a clip. Breathtaking. <laughs> amazing work. Where do you get 25 Minutes of Silence? How do you hear it? 25 Minutes of Silence. You can check it out on iTunes. It's also available on BoardWalkAudio.com. It's a good show. We've got a couple good episodes coming up. We've got Zoltan Ithmar, who's the presidential candidate for the Transhumanist Party for president. Great. Um, I love uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Marcus Ray, who's, who's on Conan. Going to have uh, you and Amanda from The Devastator on it. That's going to be a very good episode. One of my favorite parts about doing the show is reaching out to people to do the show. <laughs> it's and, like, why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, you have nothing to lose. You won't sound bad on the show. But there are some people. I had a 15-minute phone conversation with one of the top third-party presidential candidates a few days ago where he just kept on asking me to reiterate what the show was again. Yeah. And he basically said that he would do the show only if we recorded the intro and the outro, but didn't actually sit in silence with me for 25 minutes. And I told him, no deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Don't vote for that guy. Whatever. That's how you know. Yeah. Trade. Hey, it's time to trade. Okay. Are there any All My Children cards, any soap opera cards that you particularly like? I'm going to say the uh, the one with the lady with the nice blue sweater. That looks that looks like one that I want. Yeah. And also this one. This looks pretty cool. Oh, oh actually, wait. Uh, the Jedi one looks really cool. Okay, so I'll take the Jedi one and the old lady with the blue sweater. Well, what do you have to trade for it? Yeah, that's um, my question. Really, any of these last cards. <laughs> you can have the horse one if you want. Uh, I don't want the horse. You can have the nice couple by the beach one. Really, I'll trade you four for two if you want. You know what? On a pure numbers deal, I'm uh, cool with that. Okay, So great. I'll take these four lost. Okay, great. I'll take Jeremy and Erica and Phoebe Wallingford. Listen, sometimes trades aren't pretty. It's just what you got to do. You just got to trade what you got to trade in order to get ahead in this life, yeah. you know? And I plan on up-trading these. I'm going to like go on Craigslist, <laughs> and I'm going to get rich off this Phoebe Wallingford card. Are you going to do the thing where you first you get this card, then you're going to trade up for a box of paper clips, and then you're going to trade up the paper clips for a house, and then you're going to trade the house for I a mean, better house? <laughs> I think as a person that hosts a podcast where I sit in silence with a guest for 25 minutes, <laughs> I feel like there's nothing I'm not going to do. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah, so next time you see me, I'll be driving a Ferrari I got from trading these cars. <laughs> Joey, thanks so much for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. It was this a was pleasure. Fun. Thank you to Meltdown Comics for hosting us as always. Thanks to Mason in the booth. And hey, reach out on Twitter. I'm about to buy a big batch of new cards, so let us know what cards you'd like to see. I'd be curious. Joey, what cards would you like to see open on the pack? I forget what it's called, but there's this series of cards that I really love that's like Dinosaur Attack. Yeah, we've opened them twice on this show, uh, and they're great. you got to listen to those episodes. I opened them first with Robin Higgins, and that's a great episode. Oh, yeah. We opened Dinosaurs Attack and Star Trek TNG in uh, the cards that's in a that good episode. episode. Yeah. The Star Trek TNG cards were surprisingly terrible. Terrible. Really? Um, yeah, you could listen and find out why. But it was a lot of symbols. It was oh, a lot right. of logo cards. Oh, that's like, good. I like logo. logos. Well, How else are you going to know what a thing is if there's not a logo? What the official Romulan symbol is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in to Two Packs. 
Two Packs was produced and engineered by Mason Booker. Opening theme by Matt Myers, break music by Lee Rosevier, logo by Kenny Kyle. Like the show? Rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us find new listeners as cool as you. Follow us on Twitter at Two Packs Podcast, that's T-W-O, and me at Jeffrey Golden, that's Jeffrey with a G. Special thanks to Meltdown Comics. I left a bunch of these cards at the store for you to take. I'm your host, Jeffrey Golden. Hey, be good to each other. Crack, 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 cr